episode 13 of season 12 of the New World Order. My name's Klaatu, and I got some emails. Now, this isn't going to be a typical listener feedback episode, but these these emails, these two emails, are related to one another uh, contextually, and and they will help inform the, the rest of this episode. So, one email uh, from a while ago is from a guy named Donald, and Donald said in an email with the subject Slackware tag files, I was wondering if you could do an episode on Slackware tag files. I don't really understand how to create them and use them. Do you think tag files could be useful for setting up a server? A full install of Slackware on a server seems unnecessary to me. I have been enjoying the more frequent episodes. Yeah, okay, cool. So, very nice. Um, so he's, he's asking about tag files and how to use them and whether they might be good for setting up uh, uh, let's say, not not maybe a minimal install of Slackware, but a, a, a less heavyweight install of Slackware. Now, interestingly, uh, Doru, he, he emailed me just, just after this past episode. Donald's email was from, from a while ago. I, I, I might have mentioned it in the past listener feedback episode, actually. Um, I just wanted to, I wanted to wait till the time was right to do a tag file episode, and, and I think the time is right, because this is what Doru says. Curious about Porteous because it's based on Slackware. My experience with Slackware has been the exact reverse of the flexible system that you've alluded to. I can whip up customized Debian net install based system in under an hour. Heck, I can do the same with Arch. Every time I tried to do a customized install of Slackware, haven't tried recently, however, I've borked the system. The only times that I've had a successful install was with the default DVD install that, can, that, that contains everything and the kitchen sink. I'm sure the Slackware is as flexible and as nice as you and others say. I think I just never took the time to get under its skin. So these, these two are, are both, whether, whether Doru realizes it or not, they're both talking about tag files. In the interest of putting the summary up front, so that if you, for some reason, tuned into this to learn how to work with tag files, uh, and you don't need the details, you just want the steps. So the first step would be to, and I'm going to go through this in detail after this, but this is summary first. So download the install media, the, the DVD of Slackware. Then get some thumb drive, a USB thumb drive. I use a, a small one from that I got for free at a conference. It was one of those, you know, branded. USB thumb drives, it was like maybe 2 gigs or something, so it can be tiny. Copy, or, or make a directory structure on that USB thumb drive of the same package sets that exist on the Slackware install media. So you'll, you'll recognize these package sets, they're kind of the famous Slackware package sets, but if you look on the Slackware media, you'll see them. It's A, A, P, D, E, F, and so on. And you just need the the directory structure. You don't need, in fact, you don't even need them all. You just the, the ones that you want to change. And then copy the tag files from the install media, just the tag files, to the USB drive, into the correct uh, package set. Modify the tag files with what you want them to do. Either add, add or skip. Uh, any any given package. Use said to change any remaining uh, recommended or optional packages to to whatever your default is, like add, probably. And then start the Slackware install using the tag path 
mount your USB thumb drive and use that as the tag path for your Slackware install. That's that's the the final step. Um, Okay, so what does all that mean? So let's talk a little bit about a default install of Slackware. The default install of Slackware is, uh, the last number that I remember seeing as I was installing Slackware was 8.4 gigabytes. It might have even gone up now. But certainly it's in, it's, it's distributed on a, on a DVD, which contains, I think, 4.7 gigabytes, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly. So the, the, you know, after all those packages are decompressed unarchived and placed onto your hard drive we could we can assume let's just call it nine gigs so i'm going to give you three guesses as to what a minimal install of slackware would would clock in at no, knowing that the full install off just right off the dvd is nine gigabytes i'm going to give you three guesses and you have to say your guess aloud so that that people around you know what your guess has been. So do you believe that a minimal install Slackware would be four gigs, one gig, or or under half of a gig? What would be your 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 first guess? Gut gut instinct, knowing that the full install is nine gigs, the answer is less than two hundred megabytes. So if you said under half of a gig, you're you're correct. But yeah, I mean that's that's how minimal it can get. And this was written up in a web page, slackware.com slash tilde vbats, that's V-B-A-T-T-S, slash minimal. This page is a little bit out of date. It, it's written for some, for 13.37, so that's quite a few. I mean, that's like back in 2011. But but the, the principle is still uh, pretty much the same. And the principle is that you can look at the tag files that Pat Volterding has included on the install disk to pull from it the, the the packages that are actually required or strongly strongly recommended. Those two categories are the things that that you should include in your minimal Slackware install. So that's that's directly talking to Doru's question of well how do you install and and Donald's supposition that 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 tag files could be used for a server install, that that's how you would do it. You would you would look at the certainly at the 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 tag files that that Pat throws onto the disk for his installer to 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 follow, and and you would see what's required and recommended. And you would certainly install those things, and then you would go back through, and and use your own tag files to define what extra packages you would want to install. So I'm going to boot up my virtual machine here, running Slackware 14.2. I don't know if you've ever installed Slackware, but when you start it up, you, the first screen that you're greeted with is sort of a, a welcome screen, just kind of warning you that you're booting into, a, into an installer, which is always a good thing to know about. Uh, then you can select your keyboard map, which I'm going to do because the keyboard that I am on right now is a Dvorak keyboard, so I'm going to keep it on Dvorak so that I don't get confused. And then it asks you to log in as root. There's no password, so you just type in root. Now the next thing you have to do is you should set up your disk. So when you do that, you can do that a couple of different ways. The, the way that I have always done it really is CF disk. Uh, if you're on a certain kind of system, you might have to use CG disk. And so there's one little virtual hard drive here. I'm just going to 
delete that and I'm going to create a new one that's 14 gigabytes because that's the maximum for that virtual uh, image that I created and then I will write and now I'm set up so I've just created one partition I'm keeping it very simple here and 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 that's really everything now now I could type in the word setup and then I would be taken to the installer sequence I don't want to do that yet first thing I'm going to do is make a make a directory mkdir to into slash mnt slash cd-rom and then I'm going to mount dev sr0 which is the device code for the the optical drive into slash mnt slash cd-rom and I'm just doing this so that I can show you something so then I'm going to go into cd slash mnt cd-rom do an ls and this is the contents of the of the DVD the, the software install DVD and in here significantly is a, a directory called slack book now slack book is the little booklet that was written by uh, well a couple of people really over the years but it, it is now included for free it used to be it, it is sold as a hardback in the slackware store which I I heartily actually it's a paperback sorry it's a hard copy of a paperback I highly recommend it it's a great little book uh, it, it does you know it supports the project and all that other stuff so that's nice I had a copy but I, I had to ditch it when I moved overseas I just couldn't take a whole lot with me so uh, there's that and that's notable because there is a chapter in there or a, a section in there about tag files moving on though we'll cd into slackware 64 is the directory on the dvd um, or slackware if you're not running a 64-bit system and then do an ls and here's all the packages like all of them a a p d e f k k d e k d e i for international l n t t c l x x a p x f c e and y brilliant uh, so if I just go into, for instance, CD into uh, AP, and I do an LS, and then I'm going to pipe that to grep-i tag, tag I think is good enough, and I see that there's a, a program here called make tag, and something else called make, make tag easy, don't really care about those, but there's a tag file in, in the AP directory, so if I do an, an LS on tag file, Sure enough, I see the tag file. So A2PS is rec, ACCT is opt, ALSA-UTILS is rec, AMP is opt, ASH is opt, AT is opt, VC is opt, and so on and so forth. You can, you can look through the entire tag file there. So by default, everything gets installed. But under certain options, you can make, you can make things not be installed. Now this isn't anything that you'll do in real life. I'm just demonstrating to you that that tag files indeed exist by default on the install media. That is that is the method by which the installer organizes the packages itself. So that's just FYI. So in in real life what you would do is you'd go to setup and you would go down to since we're doing this really fast, I, I don't have a swap disk. This is a virtual machine. I don't think that really I don't see the point. So no swap. So I just go I, I I go down to target and I define my target, which is slash dev slash SDA1. I will do a quick format of it. 
in the ext4 for, uh, file system. And so that's formatting that. That's done. It gives me an overview. It says, okay, I've added this to your Etsy fstab. That looks good. Fs tab, I mean. And then install from Slackware CD or DVD, or I could I could install from you know whatever medium I am installing from. But I happen to be installing from the the CD or DVD. It offers to auto scan my system for a valid CD or DVD path. It says that it has found a Slackware DVD in SR zero which is correct, and then it gives me an overview. Now, don't panic. This is just an overview of the packages. So it says, hey, what do you want to install? A, A, P, D, E, F, K, and so on. So I can I can summarily turn off entire packages at this point. So for instance, maybe I don't want the games, so I'll, I'll turn that off. Maybe I don't want XFCE, so I'll turn that off. Maybe I don't want KDEI. Oh, that's already off. Maybe I don't want the FAQ lists and how-to documentation. Um, maybe I don't want GNU Emacs. No, I'm just kidding. Of course I want GNU Emacs. Um, yeah, so you can turn whole things off just by by doing that. Now you don't have to. You can you can say yes, get, give me give me everything, and I'll choose later. But but whatever. We'll just say yeah. Give give us everything for now. Okay, so we'll go through that one, and that's fine. Now we're at select prompting mode. Now that's the important bit. This is where where the tag files. And even sort of the ability to customize your install comes into play. So if you do a full or a terse, uh, yeah, full or terse will that just installs everything. So that's the yeah, it says nine plus gigabytes of software, and that's recommended. So you can do that, and that's really that's usually what I do because I'm lazy. I just I just go for it every for everything, and then carve it out. On, you know, later, as as I decide, eh, I don't really want that. I don't want that. Um, no, that's I I don't always do that. Sometimes I do like a, a, a sort of a, an expert install where you can go through and and look at each package that that is in the set and then mark it on or off. And and you could do that. I mean, it's not the super efficient way to choose your packages because you're you're kind of you know you're going through list a list of of all the softwares and all the packages and, and if you know what you're looking for then maybe that is the quick way to do it like I know that I don't ever want Vi or Vim installed or GVim that's n never something that I want so I can go through and turn those off and I know more or less where those are so you know if you're just turning off one or two things maybe that's the best way but the alternate way that we're we're here for today are the either custom tag files in the package directories or the tag path so the custom tag files in package directories are tag files that are literally located in the in the package directories. So they're they're sort of they're ways to override the the current like the the default tag files. And that's not something that you probably are doing well you're not doing that this method if you have 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 taken the slackware sources and created your own installer dvd and placed your own tag files into those into those directories then maybe you would use that but but what you're really doing actually is you're just using tag files in the subdirectories of a custom path 
So if you're in, and this is, I'm reading it off the screen. If you're installing from CD or DVD, it's impossible to edit the tag files that are in the package directories. That's true because it's a read-only medium. In this case, you might want to provide a path to your custom tag files. As an example, you could create a slash tag files directory and mount a floppy disk. Okay, maybe not a floppy disk. And mount a disk containing the tag files in that directory. Then you'd enter slash tag files at the prompt below. The setup program will look for your tag file in subdirectories of the path you provide, such as tag files slash a, tag files slash ap, slash tag files delta, and so on. You only need to provide a subdirectory and a tag file for the first disk of each series to be installed. If a custom tag file is not found in the path you provide, setup reverts to the default. Okay, so let's get out of this installer. So I'm just tabbing over to cancel, back to a shell prompt. And now we know how to do it. So now we can make a dir, and we can call it tag files, or let's just call it slash tags, because that's even less typing, slash tags. And then we can also make a directory for tags slash a, and we can do tag slash ap. And then just for kicks, let's do a tag file for um, xap. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to cat from slash cd or slash mnt slash cd-rom slash slackware64 slash a slash tag file into my slash tags slash a slash tag file. So I'm just I'm and I'm going to do that for each one. So for a p I'm going to do that. And then I think the other one that I did was XAP, yeah? XAP, okay. So I've just made a copy of each of each tag file that I want to modify in my in my custom slash tags directory. Now I probably don't have access to Emacs. I do not. I, I might even not I don't even have Vim. Looks like I'm using Vi. So I'm gonna do Vi tag slash tag slash a slash tag file and vi on a Dvorak keyboard I'm telling you is really really awkward so AAA base is is required it's add add recommended let's let's go into something like um, well, here's one that's optional which is gen power so let's well I actually that wouldn't yeah actually you know what we're probably not gonna really you probably don't really want to change anything well you know what we could do here let's do zoo Zoo is um, some kind of archiving application that I've never used before in my life. So I am going to move that to skip, SKP. So I've changed Zoo, Z-O-O, to, um, to skip. And then I'm also going to get rid of TCSH, which I actually have used quite a bit. But I'm just going to pretend like I don't want it today. And I think that's good. So we've got two notable notable differences. One is Zoo. I'm going to write this down so I remember after we finish. One is Zoo, and one is um, TCSH. So those are getting skipped. So now I will struggle to get out of Vi again on a Dvorak keyboard. It's, it's always kind of fun to do that. And then we're going to go into AP tag file, same way. 
I, I really I keep thinking, oh, I should change a wreck to to skip, but I'm kind of thinking it's probably not a good idea. Uh, here's a CD paranoia. I don't have a CD drive on on this virtual machine, so I'm gonna do a skip for that. I'm gonna do skip for CDR AO. I'm gonna do a skip for CDR tools. So that's a bunch of CD-related things that have just gotten skipped. Uh, I'm not going to remember any of these, am I? No, I'm not. Okay, so I might as well stop because... Okay, and I'm skipping flack as well, which I would never do in real life. But I'm going to skip that one because that's easier to, to remember and to to check for. Okay, and then I guess just because because I did copy it, I might as well do one from one or two from Zap. Okay, here's one. XAOS. It's a really really neat and fun fractal application and I'm gonna skip it which I would never do in real life because I really really like that one and then so I should write that down okay I think that's plenty so so now we've got three custom tag files and it's saved on this live partition of our install media which again we would not do in real life we would have these files as permanent entities saved to a USB thumb drive but but we're just doing it live as a demo right now, so that's fine. So the thing about a tag file, a custom tag file, I should say. So if, once you start using a custom tag file, then the installer takes you, the contents of your tag file at face value. In other words, in the default tag files, the, there are these tags. Yeah, there's add, rec, opt, and and well, I don't think there are any skips by default. So and and generally all of those unless you specifically tell it otherwise generally all of those tags are reduced to to being an add like if if it sees a rec in in its default tag file unless you've told it to ask you first then it's just going to install it now in the custom tag file in the one that you made it does not do that it actually respects the tags because it is assumed it is assuming correctly that you have stepped in and customized stuff meaning that if it sees an add yes it will add that without question but if it sees a rec recommended or opt optional then it will stop and ask you what do you want me to do okay so in your custom tag file unless you specifically want there to be a break in the install process for you to okay something which is probably not what you want then you need to go through your custom tag file and change all recs and opts to an add or a skip all right so unless you want an interactive install you need to change your recs and opts to a boolean of add for true or skip for false. The easiest way, obviously, to do that would be with said. So if you just do a said, said dash i quote s for search slash opt slash add slash global on slash tags slash a slash tag file, and then do that same thing for a p slash tag file. And do that again for slash XAP tag file. Do that again for rec. So search for uh, REC, all capitals, slash 
add, and that's going to be in tags slash a slash tag file, and again for ap, and again for xap. All right, there. So now our custom tag file, and it's it's just the custom tag file. I want to really, really emphasize this. It doesn't really matter all that much for for anything else. It is just your custom tag file. You want to only have your very strict Boolean world of yes, either add that or don't add it, skip it, uh, unless you want an interactive install, which which is a completely different story. If you if that's what you want, go for it. Um, but otherwise, which I think I think typically, especially in the context of the questions from the listeners, what you're looking for probably is an automated install. Uh, and then we can go back into our we can go back into our little setup uh, process here, setup, and we'll redefine our target. But we don't need to reformat that because I never got around to uh, doing an install, so it's not like we have anything lying around. We'll just do a, a setup. We'll set the same target. We'll skip the formatting of it, because that's already done. We'll select the source, and that's a DVD, and it auto-scans, and it finds it. So then it, we go into, or it dumps us into the select, where we can select broad categories of the software to either install or skip. So we're going to skip, again, I'm going to skip, skip Y, I'm going to skip XFCE, and I'm going to skip F for facts. Okay, and then it dumps us into our final install step, which uh, we should be pointing it to our tag file selection now. So instead of doing a full install or a menu or an expert or whatever, we just go down to tag file, and then we enter in our, our tag file, which is slash tags. And it pauses for a moment to find that directory and confirm that it exists, I guess, and then away it goes. It starts installing, and everything that it encounters is either an add or a skip, and so it will either add those packages or skip those packages. Simple as that. Unless I manually decided, or forgot, I guess, uh, to, to leave a rec or an opt-in there so that it stops the install process and asks me, hey, on this computer, do you want, do you want to install this thing or, or no? And I can, I can either skip or, 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 or add it. So that's manual intervention. And then once it's finished installing, it will eventually, um, it will eventually give me a bootable system and I can, I'll be able to go in and, and look for the packages that I may or may not have installed. So let's uh, take a coffee break and wait for that to occur. that's the only user that exists on a default Slackware system, 
and then we will do, and I guess you could script user add stuff to speed things along, do any kind of scripting of setting up the system at this point that you want, or you could use Ansible, whatever, but I, I'm not I don't ever do that because I only have one user that I ever need to, to add. So I'll just stay as root for now because I'm not gonna I'm gonna blow this virtual machine away in a little bit. So we'll do a ls or maybe a f now I guess we'll just do an ls of slash var slash log slash packages. And first of all, we'll look for zoo z o o asterisk. And there is nothing there. That is a good thing. And we'll do again log uh, list of log packages for actually. You know what? We're gonna just just to make sure. We're gonna do find in slash var slash log slash packages. I name quote asterisk tcsh asterisk quote nothing there. That's great. And we'll do a f find for flack. And there's nothing there. And then last but not le least is uh, Zaos, XAOS, and again, not there. So that's that's four packages that, well, Zoo had been flagged as recommended, and I did not install that. And then TCSH, FLAC, and Zaos had been flagged as optional, and I did not install that. And so that's I'd, I'd set all those to skip, and everything else I had told it to add, and and it it would appear that that has that has that has worked, that actually functioned as expected. Now there were some other packages in there that I had marked, and I forgot to write down. Um, so I, I don't I don't even remember off the top of my head what they all were, um, but. But yeah, like I say, the, the recommended ones, I would not personally recommend turning those off. Because you never know what weird dependency... Yeah, like here's one that, that I got rid of, Midnight Commander. I remember that one is supposed to exist, and that does not exist. So this is good. This is everything that we had hoped for. Okay, so, um, I mean, nothing, again, nothing against any of the packages that I'm turning off on this demo. I just turned these things off because of, because I decided that I needed a proof of concept. So, um, yeah, so recommended, I would not recommend getting rid of, because, I mean, they are recommended for a reason. They're recommended by the person who, who puts Slackware together. So, if, if you go turning those off, other things might break, and they may break in weird, unexpected ways. Um, you know, like, what if Zoo might be n required to unarchive certain things during the install? We don't know. Um, I mean, we, we could find out if we looked, but, but you know, that, that would be a, a good example, for instance. I mean, maybe maybe Zoo is really important. Maybe it's recommended because it it's a... It's a dependency for other recommended things, so it won't break it strictly speaking, but quite possibly it would break it if you know if if certain conditions were correct. I don't know, you know, I've I've never had one break on me, but I, I don't really mess around too much with my default install. But that is the way that you would do it if you were going to, for instance, as the listener feedback was supposing like what if you wanted to create a server install of slackware where you just don't need x you don't need anything in the x series much less the xap series you don't need anything in kde 
that that all that stuff um then you could or maybe you don't need multimedia stuff maybe that's not something that your server ever is going to do so you could leave out all the codecs and and all the even the non x media players you could leave those off you know like all that stuff maybe that maybe you don't even need maybe you don't need any wireless drivers um well that wouldn't make sense but maybe you don't need any you know things that that you don't need so yeah you could get rid of all that stuff you could just you could leave it out on your on your tag files and once again really quickly before we go before i go you're you're not going anywhere um uh, first install get get your install media that's step zero step one is to get a usb thumb drive and make sure that it's accessible by a very bare bones linux system step two is to construct you know to add the the directory structure on your thumb drive to mimic the directories that you want to alter on your default install on your install media so for instance a a p d e f um k k d e i l n t t c l and so on well now i'm almost to the end so x xap xfce and y I think I might have just listed them all from memory, but I, I might have skipped one. Anyway, so you you make that directory structure on your thumb drive, and then you will copy the the tag files that you want to alter from the install media, which you can mount on your desktop or you can mount to a directory, however you want to do that, to your thumb drive to the appropriate package set to which it belongs. And then you're going to edit the tag file, and you are going to find all of the things that have been marked optional or possibly recommended if you like living dangerously to skip skp or add for um, add this package so add would would make sure that something is, is installed skip would make something would make sure something is not installed and then if for some weird reason you wanted to to make a, a an interactive install you could you know you could leave certain things as optional you could you, so that that the installer will stop and ask you hey do you want to install this thing and then step five would be to use sed on your custom tag files to convert anything that is marked either recommended or optional currently to just a blanket add so everything that's that's wishy-washy for an automated install everything that's kind of fuzzy has a fuzzy definition as to whether it's going to get installed or not convert that to add so that those things are going to definitely be added. It's not going to ask you about it. It's just going to add them. Your skips, of course, will remain. And then boot into your install media. Proceed your with, with installation as usual until the very final step, the, the install step. It's not actually the very final step because then you have to install a bootloader and configure the system. But, but for that big install step where it's going to install all your packages, and it's asking you, do you want to do a full or a terse or a menu or an expert install? Go all the way down to the bottom of the list. Right above help, there's tag path. So set your tag path to the mount point of your USB drive. And, and make sure that your USB drive is mounted there. Um, in this demo, we used slash tags. But you could use slash tag file. You cannot use slash tag. I think that already exists. Uh, but yeah, slash tags, slash tag file, slash my tags, whatever. Mount it somewhere on the system and then set the tag path to that path 
and it will install everything. It will it will go to your custom tag files for any for for those that exist, and it will default to its the the, the default tag files for anything that you did not include on your thumb drive. And that is everything. I hope this has been informative. Customizing Slackware really is not hard. It's actually, as, as I think I've just demonstrated, pretty darn easy. It's just a it's a new line delimited list of packages and one solitary tag as to whether it is going to be installed or not be installed. And that's that's as, that's that's it. That's all you have to do. Thank you very much for listening and go install Slackware. Cast. This has been Klaatu. You can reach me on IRC. I'm on the Freenode network usually in channels such as Augcast Planet, Slacker Media, Slackware, a couple of others. My nick on IRC is not Klaatu. You can also reach me lately on Mastodon. My username there is at Klaatu at Mastodon.xyz. Of course, you can email me at klatu at member.fsf.org. That's klatu at member.fsf, as in free software foundation.org. And of course, you can visit my various websites, gnuworldorder.info and slackermedia.info. I will see you next time.